Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is RJ and Kylie coming to you live with the No Limits podcast episode two. That right there was the title track from the movie The Crow. That was The Cure with Burn. Now, that song is from an iconic part of the movie when Brandon Lee is back or The Crow. Eric Draven is back from the dead and he is making the mask up in the mirror. It's uh, it's quite a scene from the movie. Tonight, we're coming to you live yet again. We had a great first episode. Hopefully, we have a great second episode. I'd like to apologize in advance because Kylie's got a little bit of a cold, so, you know, she's going to try not to be too snotty. Right, Kylie? Yes. (laughs) So, tonight, we're going to dive into The Crow. We're going to dive into the movie soundtrack. Hopefully, we can give you guys another great episode. So, let's get right into it. So The Crow is a 1994 drama-slash-fantasy-slash-gothic love story. It has a pretty good cast, a couple of notable characters, obviously uh, Brandon Lee. Uh, It's got the Ernie Hudson from Ghostbuster fame, and I think he has like over 200 movies to his credit. Um, Then we got David Patrick Kelly, who plays T-Bird, but he also plays Luther in another great movie, where he's got the little beer bottles going, Warriors, come out to play. That's right, he was Luther from none other than the movie Warriors. Then as we scroll down down the line here, we've got Tony Todd. He plays Grange in this movie, but he's also known as the Candyman. So that, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good cast of uh, characters there. Um, the Crow is a 1994 American supernatural, supernatural superhero film. And it's directed by Alex Proyas, Proyas, written by David Schro and John Shirley. The film stars Brandon Lee in his final pa- in his final appearance. The film is based on. That's my uh, joys of recording live. My little audio device there. My phone is going off. Um, the film stars Brandon Lee in his final appearance, and the movie is actually based on James O'Barr's comic book, The Crow. And that came out in 1989, which tells the story of Eric Draven, a rock musician who is revived from the dead to avenge his own death as well as the rape and murder of his fiancée. So that's a quick synopsis of the movie. Um, It dropped on May 13th in 1994, was put out by Miramax with a runtime of 102 minutes. And the budget for the movie was $23 million, and it actually recouped Actually, not recoup, but it made $50.7 million, uh, overall while in the box office. So pretty, uh, pretty powerful movie. Um, it did really well. Uh, this is one of my most favorite movies. Um, I always say that about every movie because I think every movie that I, I watch, I think, is, is my favorite movie. But um, So let's, let's dive right into it, Kylie. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, you seem pretty excited about The Crow. I mean... I am. Just a quick before we get into it, how did you feel about that movie? Did you did you like it? I mean, how did it make you feel? Um, I really liked it this time around because I was older now that I watched it. Because the first time I watched it, I was like what seven or eight, maybe. Yeah, yeah, you were pretty young, but that's when you were going through. You're like, hey, daddy, what was it like in the '90s? Kick, but you're still reliving that now, so you're still on that <laughs> kick. <laughs> yeah, but um, now that I'm older and I'm watching it, I'm really un- starting to see like the powerful message that was behind it, and not just like 
because when I was younger, I just thought Eric Draven was like the coolest person ever. Yeah, yeah. When did. I when I was young, he was pretty badass. So, so, but now, I mean, I still have that feeling, but I'm really understanding now the true purpose behind the film. Which you know, as it was said um, by James O'Barr, uh, the comic books creator, is that love transcends all, which is a uh, yeah. a powerful message. And I remember, truthfully, my <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story. My wife now, Andrea. Um, on our first date, we actually went out and did our thing, and we came home and watched watched The Crow because I was trying to set the tone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but anyway, um, all right. So let's let's uh, let's jump into this. Um, so The Crow starts out. Uh, it it shows a skyline on fire. Um, you know, everything's ablaze, and from what I can gather, it takes place in in uh, Detroit, Michigan. Um, so you start out and you hear a narration uh, in the background that that is our first character that we haven't met yet, but her name is Sarah. She's a little girl, and it starts off with her saying, "When someone dies, a crow carries a cr- uh, oh my God, I'm sorry, I'm stumbling <laughs> over here. When a crow dies, uh, when a crow dies, this is not going good for me. All right, let's fix this here. When when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead, but sometimes something so bad happens." that a sadness lays over their soul and it can't rest. And sometimes the crow can carry the soul back to put the wrong things right. So that's how our first scene starts. It starts out with that little narration, which right there is a, is a pretty powerful statement, don't you think, Kylie? Yeah, I think it really sets the tone for the rest of the movie. Yep. And now we go to the next scene is, is an apartment, and inside the apartment is where we meet Sergeant Albright, who is Ernie Hudson. Uh, obviously, you can tell it's a crime scene. Um, they pan down to a body that's on the street outside of a window covered in a um, a sheet. But obviously, we know that's that's other than Eric Draven. Um, now, when they when they pan back up into the apartment, um, Sergeant Albright is staring at a wedding dress, and one of his fellow officers is holding a wedding invitation. And Sergeant Albright says, "Yeah, Eric um, Eric Draven and Shelley Webster. They would be wed tomorrow night." And the cop says, who the hell gets married on, on Halloween? And Sergeant Albright says, nobody. Shelly at this point is still alive. The paramedics say, hey, you know, we got to move her. So Sergeant Albright gives the okay to move her. They're starting to bring her outside. And I can't, I can't get the guy's name, but there's this real jerk who's like the jerk detective. And he gives, he gives Sergeant Albright some crap about taking over the scene. And he says, this is why you've lost your badge. And Sergeant Albright kind of plays it off. And they're walking Shelly to the ambulance, and that's when we meet our second character, Sarah, the little girl. And she walks up to the side of the, the stretcher and says, oh, my God, Shelly, you okay? And, and Shelly says to Sergeant Albright, you know, make sure Eric takes care of Shelly. And Sergeant Albright says, yep, no problem. You know, I'll let him know. And Sarah says, Eric's dead, isn't he? And Sergeant Albright says, well, your sister's going to be just fine. And she says, she's not my sister. They just take care of me. Um, so that ends that scene. And then we move up to one year later. Um, and it cuts to the crow uh, standing on the grave of, uh, you know, Eric Draven and Shelley Webster and then, you know, you see Sarah walking through the graveyard. She's picking up flowers, you know, from other gravestones because she's a kid. She ain't got <laughs> no money to buy flowers. And she puts, um, she puts the, the, um, the, the flowers in front of the grave. And that's when the crow comes down and lands on top of the grave and starts to, to, starts to cluck at, at Sarah. And Sarah says, what are you, the night watchman? 
And she walks away. The crow begins to peck, specifically on top of Eric Draven's grave. Then we cut to another scene, and you got Sergeant Albright at a hot dog stand. And uh, this, part, this part always makes me laugh because Sergeant Albright is talking about Come on, man, you got to give me lots of onions, lots of onions. And then Sarah pulls up behind Sergeant Albright on her skateboard and sits down, and Sergeant Albright says, now here's Sarah. She's a real hot dogger. He's like, what do you want? She goes, you buying? And Sergeant Albright says, yeah, I'm buying. She goes, all right, I'll have one, but no onions, because onions make you fart big time. <laughs> so, so she doesn't want any onions because it makes her fart big time. Then we cut to another scene where we meet yet another character for the first time, and one it's one of our bad guys, and we meet T-Bird. And T-Bird is standing inside of an arcade, and he's, he's lighting up like his little cigar thing, and he says, Lake Erie once caught on fire because of all the crap in it. Man, I would love to see that. And he whistles, and the rest of his gang comes out, and they start smashing things and setting up bombs and all kinds of stuff. And then we cut from that scene, and then we have Eric, Eric Draven, rising from the grave. And he, you know, you see the typical, like, you know, ground raising up, and he comes out, and he just starts screaming. He's back alive. What did you, what did you think at that point, Kylie, to see Eric Draven come back from the dead? Um, when I first watched it, it was really cool to see that happen. And even now, it's still really cool to see that happen, but it kind of got me excited to see what would follow right from after that scene. Right, so <clears throat> Eric's uh, he's back from the dead now, and he's he's, I guess, kind of like trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Like he was dead, now he's alive. He's walking around again, and the crow is following him. And the crow actually uh, helps Eric find a pair of boots, and he helps you know Eric get back to his um, you know, his apartment and find some clothes. And then we cut to the next scene, and boom, there goes the arcade. The arcade blows up. Explosion happens. You know, uh, Sergeant Albright says, call it in. I got to go. So he leaves Sarah and he runs to the arcade that's now on fire. And we cut to, I got well, not, well, let's just say we go to the next scene. I'm going to drive yeah. everybody nuts by saying we <laughs> keep cutting. But we head to the next scene and then we're back at Eric's apartment. And at the apartment, the crime scene tape is still across the door. Halloween decorations are still on the door. And, um... He rips him down, he opens the door, and he, he runs into Gabriel, and he bends over, and he says, he says, Gabriel, you know, he's shocked to see the, his cat, his cat's still alive, which, that's a super cat, man, because we're talking I a know. year later, you know what I mean? He's still alive, there must and be a lot of mice in that building. And through the fire, too. Like yeah, they actually, yes, right, they did set that building on fire, so when Eric stands in the apartment, he, you know, he starts having these wicked, vivid flashbacks and memories of everything that happened, um, you know, about... Shelly getting raped and, and beaten and Eric coming home and as soon as he opens the door, Tintin throwing that knife right at him and Funboy saying, see ya. So now he's, you know, he's, he's stabbed. He's trying to help his, his fiance who's now being raped and uh, Funboy puts two in his back. Now we noticed in, in the movie now thanks to Blu-ray high definition <laughs> that he had the scars on his back from the bullet wounds, but when he was reliving the memory, those wounds opened back up like they were fresh. Remember yeah, catching that? They did when um, it showed him having mm. like the flashback to it. You could see when the cameras pinned on his back, they like opened up again. Yeah, it's like they were fresh. So mm -hmm. it's like 
So that was a pretty cool part because it feels like, you know, in, in Eric Draven's mind, like this is this is really this is fresh, you know? It's it's he's still feeling the pain like it's like it's actually yeah. happening. Yeah, I was just gonna say they did that, you know. So we head over to the next scene, which we have Tintin and his boys. Um, it's Tintin. Uh, well, the leader is T-Bird. It's Tintin. Then we got Fumboy, and then we got Spaz. And and they're a gang, you know, and they're doing their thing inside what they call the trash bar, and they're doing shots. But they're not only just doing shots with Kylie. What what were they doing? What were they swallowing? They're taking bullets with it. Yeah, bullets. They're not afraid of lead poisoning, apparently. <laughs> And then of course, so they're drinking. They're drinking in an order. So um, you know, uh, Fun Boy does does his shot, and then Spaz. Uh, I'm sorry, Fun Boy does his shot. Then T Bird does his shot, and he takes that little backwards cigar thing and he puts it out on his tongue. It's like, oh man! <laughs> and you could see it like instantly turn black. And yeah, so and you could see like the burns <laughs> happen, and it was like, oh my god! So. Then Spaz goes to take a drink, and Tintin looks at Spaz and says, you know, the P word, meaning, like, wimps. The slang word for wimps. <laughs> <laughs> drink last. Then next thing you know, Spaz gets upset, and he takes us. Uh, not Spaz. Skank. Why did I, keep, did I say Spaz all the time? You did say Spaz. Oh, my God, Skank. I'm not having a good night here, folks. I got to get on my A game. So Skank, uh, sp- yeah, Skank. <laughs> takes out his gun and he points it at Tintin. And Tintin pulls out his knife and he says, this one is loaded. And then Funboy takes his gun out and he puts it to Tintin's head. And then T-Bird pulls out his, his gun and he says, which one of you Motor City mother effers want to bet that this one is? And then he looks at him and he goes, hey, fire it up, fire it up. And they start doing that little gang chant. But... The thing that really caught my eye at this part of the movie, and I had to laugh, um, I'm a Star Trek fan. You've seen Star Trek II, the original Star Trek II, with Khan, Roboto, uh, Ricardo Montalban, and T-Bird is wearing like the same outfit that Khan wore in Star Trek II. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> really? It's like, yeah. I, it's, it's, he, I'll have to show you a picture because you're going to laugh. He wears almost the same thing that Khan <laughs> wears in Star Trek II. I don't know, a little funny side note. So then we head back to Eric's apartment, and on the on the mirror, you know, the vanity mirror, there's uh, a mask, you know, that he uses for his inspiration for the crow makeup. In real life, the comic book writer was in London, and he saw that mask hanging in a marionette shop, and that's what gave him the idea to do the crow's face like that. So that's where the idea of the crow came from. So you see Eric Draven putting, you know, putting all his uh, stuff on. You know, he's putting the, the crow makeup on and everything. And um, he remembers being thrown out the window, but this time... Before he does the makeup, he he does that flashback of being thrown out the window. So he runs to the window and he grabs it and he kind of flies out a little bit out of this big bay window, comes back in, does the crow, and then all of a sudden he walks in and the crow is on his shoulder and there he is, man. I mean, like that picture of him with the lightning flashing on his face and the crow on his shoulder. Speaking of that, I have the, a calendar of the crow, and it has like all the movie scenes from it, and that's one of the pictures. That that is that is the the absolute um, best scene of 
of the crow. Um, one of the most iconic ones, I think. Yeah, that is that is one of the good silhouette scenes of, of Eric Draven, actually, uh, in The Crow. So Eric, you know, goes out, and he's going to go start his, you know, his revenge. He's only got two days to make everything right. So he starts running across the... Uh, the rooftops and and he the crow is kind of like scouting out for him and he wants to find his first victim so eric finds his first victim and that is uh tintin so he finds tintin and uh let's uh let's take a listen to the the scene now i like to do a lot of clips on this one because i really want to try to capture the the powerfulness of the movie so let's uh let's take a listen to what happens when uh eric draven the crow meets tintin Some do, some bitch, whatever, man. Her name was Shelly. <laughs> you cut her. You raped her. Shelly, yeah. Yeah, I shanked her pink ass and she loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Try hard. 
try again. Victims, aren't we all? Okay, so right there you heard a nice clip of Tintin getting done in by Eric Draven. How did you feel about that one, Kylie? You know, because they went into the the um, the memories and the the cutscenes of of what he did to Shelley and everything. How did that how did that make you feel? Um, it it made me feel like it made me feel sad, but also like relieved that he's getting the revenge he wants because it makes the scene more powerf- powerful when it shows the memories he has and when Eric is telling him what he did. And you can just see the pain in like his voice, hear the pain in his voice when he's explaining exactly what he did to his fiance. Oh yeah, I mean you can see he grabbed Tintin and he yelled "murderer," you know. Yeah, and, and you know, it's just it's it's cool, I guess, to see it, him finally getting a little get revenge. what he wants for his loved one who went away. Yeah, so that was a pretty intense scene. Uh, Brandon Lee, or I should say Eric Draven. Able to knock a couple of knives out of the way, you know, h- with the help of the crow, because that the crow kind of really had cool. like the vision, so he had like you know an extra set of eyes. Um, so now we're um, we're we're gonna meet another character at this point. We're gonna meet um, Grange, who is Tony Todd, and Tintin is with Skank, and they walk into the upstairs of the trash bar, and they said, "Arcade went boom," and you know, Grange says, "Good." He says, get your soldiers ready. Tomorrow night we have another job for you. And now we meet the man, Top Money. And Top Money has a weird Asian sister. I don't they're definitely not related in real life, but it's it's a weird scene. So <laughs> there's a dead girl on the bed, and they roll her over and, and Top Money goes, I think we broke her. And you know, his sister says, I like her eye. You know, so it's just it's a weird scene. The sister always has Something, something with, with the eyes, you know what I mean? So it's, it's yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> then we head downstairs and we run into uh, Sarah, fun boy, and her mom, Darla. Darla. <laughs> and Darla and fun boy, uh, you know, they're, they're drinking. And you can tell Darla is, Darla is not like a great mom. You know, she's got some things going on. She was drinking on the job, too. Yeah, doing some shooters, as she calls it. <laughs> um, so Sarah walks in. She sits down, and she said, you're going to be home tonight, Mom? And, you know, she kind of says, here, here's some money. Go get some food. And she threw her, you know, 10 bucks or whatever. And she says, I already got food. The cops bought me food, you know, and cost fun boy. Me, 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 me. The cops bought me food, you know. Um, so we're done with... The Tintin scene, he's dead. Now we're back at Gideon's pawn shop. And at Gideon's pawn shop, the crow walks in, and he's on a mission at this point. Now, you don't know what he's really looking for, but he walks in, and of course, Gideon, trying to be the tough guy, you know, tells him, get out of here, you crackhead, you know, you freak, you know, you're this, you're that. So the crow says, I'm looking for an item brought to you by Tintin, a ring. And Gideon's not paying attention. He just, you know, wants to fight him. And, uh, you know, Eric says, well, Mr. Gideon, you're not, you're not paying attention. So I have another clip to cover that scene because Gideon ends up telling Eric, 
where, sorry, I hit the button too early. <laughs> Gideon ends up telling Eric where the rings are. Um, and, you know, Eric's got to Eric's gotta find the ring. He's looking, well, he's looking for Shelly's engagement ring that he gave him. So let's take a listen to the, the Gideon scene. Don't you know this game? What game are you talking about? No, it's a ring. I'm saying it's a ring. It's a metal box. It's under the shelf there. chance to live. Look, man, take anything you want. Thank you. Take anything! Now you're gonna tell me where to find the rest of him to this little party you have. The pit. They all hang out the pit. Well, T-Burst, little potato heads hang out there. Fun boy, he lives here upstairs, all right? Fun boy. <laughs> A whole jolly club. Jolly pirate nickname. Hold still. Each one of these is a life. A life you helped destroy. Come back, Don't kill me. I'm not going to kill you. Your job will be to tell the rest of them that death is coming for them tonight. Tell them Eric Draven sends his regards. Walk out of here. They're gonna race your sorry ass. You're nothing but street grease, Eric. Street grease, you motherfucker. Is that gasoline I smell? No, man. No! 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 no. All right, so you just heard the scene at Gideon's pawn shop where Eric went in and was able to find Shelly's ring from a year ago. And he, he, you know, basically tells Gideon that I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to let you live. But the part I love about this scene is he says, tell them death is coming. Tell them Eric Draven sends his regards. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a pretty powerful scene. You know, it was like, like something uh, out of the Terminator. I'll yeah. be back. <laughs> but, uh, so Eric ends up and Eric ends up blowing uh, blowing up Gideon's pawn shop, in which you know he rightfully deserves. So they're back at the um, they're back at the uh, the pit, and that's where we see Sarah's mom uh, go upstairs with uh, with Fun Boy, and the bartender says to Sarah, "Look, uh, you know I I can't stop you. Your mom isn't working. She can do what she wants, pretty much." And then we see Albright again reporting to the explosion over at Gideon's pawn shop and we see the crow actually come outside and Albright continues to tell him freeze 
you know, don't move. And Eric says, I'm dead and I move. And he moves. And Albright has a quick memory of Shelley. And Eric told Albright that, you know, Tintin shouldn't have played with knives. And he's like, oh, my God, you're the guy that killed Tintin. He's like, man, I'm going to call this in. You're too weird for me. And Eric told them they were dead the moment they touched it. They just didn't know it. And Albright says, oh, my God, you look like a mind from hell. <laughs> but it clicks in his head like, wait a minute. Is this, this can't be Eric Draven. This, this can't be, you know. But the crow just <laughs> disappears into thin air. So now we're back at the top of the garage, uh, and we see Top Money, and we see T-Bird, and we see Grange, excuse me, and Grange informs, um, you know, uh, Top Money that, that Gideon's is blown up, and, Grange, and Top Money says, well, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't authorize this, this explosion. And T-Bird says, well, my gang had nothing to do with it. He goes, I got problem. One of my guys got perished. And Tintin got killed, and they, they stuck his blades in every major orifice in, you know, in alphabetical order. So Top Money wants to know, he told Grange, and he told you know, T-Bird, I want to know, know what happens. Um, so now the crow's flying through the air, through the city, and... You got Sarah on her skateboard. It's raining. It's downpouring. There's puddles everywhere. A car comes out of nowhere and almost hits Sarah on the skateboard, but now she's saved. And she's saved by none other than Eric Draven, the crow. He saves her. And he kind of like leans against the pole to mask himself so Shelly can't figure out who he is. And she says, you know, it's, it's more like surfing than it is skateboarding. And she says, what are you, supposed to be a clown or something? And, uh... Eric said, it can't rain all the time. And it kind of clicked in Shelly's head. I mean, you know, how did that make, how did, how did that scene play out in your head, Kylie? Were you, were, were you like, kind of like, I just wish Eric would tell him that, tell Sarah that it was Eric or, you know? Um, I wanted, obviously I wanted him to tell her that it was him, Eric, obviously. But um, at the same time, I didn't because I like the suspense that led up to it. And then the realization that hits everybody that, it's actually him, and I, I don't know. I just think it made the movie like that much better. It's kind of like those love stories movie, love story movies where you're just like, just tell the woman you freaking love her, man, yeah. instead of dragging it out, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's kind of what I wanted him to do, but I realized that this just, it made it flow much better. And yeah, it was added just to the way drama. Yeah. <laughs> so Albright's at the police station now, and uh, a fellow officer brings him a file, and he opens it up, and it's it's the the you know Shelley Webster Eric Draven file, and you know she said this is how you lost your badge in the first place, and he said yeah I know I know, so what does he do? He takes the the band picture and the hangman's joke picture, and he starts drawing the crow face on it because he's like he's something's clicked in his head that he's just met Eric Draven, so she said don't tell me that you owe me one, and as she walks away he says oh I I owe you one. So now we get to a very pivotal pivotal scene in the movie. Um, we've got uh, Eric Draven at, you know, we got the crow flying through this, you know, the town, and we see Darla and we see Fun Boy shooting up. Um, they're actually shooting up morphine, 
and Eric Draven, land, you know, when I, I'm sorry, the crow actually lands inside the window, and Darla says, that's a big effing bird. And Funboy is, is looking at the bird, and, you know, he's like, wow, you know, that's a big bird. And then Eric pops into the window. So why don't we take a, yet another clip, and we're going to listen to uh, what happens in uh, Funboy's apartment with Eric, Darla, and uh, Funboy himself. Seriously fucked up. But you look in the mirror. You need professional help. Bingo! He sucks! He scored! Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Stop me if you heard this one. Jesus Christ walks into a hotel. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> he hands the innkeeper three nails and he asks, Don't you ever fucking die? You put me up for the night? <laughs> Does that hurt?
Mother is the name for God on the lips and hearts of all children. Do you understand? Morphine is bad for you. Your daughter is out there on the streets waiting for you. Alright, so we just heard the clip of Fun Boy getting done in by the crow. Now that, that part made me laugh because if I got shot in the leg and I knew this guy was gonna kill me, I wouldn't be worried about what was happening to my sheets. <laughs> so um that's a very powerful scene because the crow used his powers to take the morphine out of Darla's veins and told her, Hey look, you got a kid out there. You're a mother. Do your job. Powerful scene, I think, Kylie, right? Yeah, even when I watched this for the first time when I was younger, um, I understood what was going on because, obviously, we had learned about like drugs and stuff, but even when I was younger, that scene hit me like it did mm. now on the level of powerfulness it was at because it just it was crazy to see how much somebody who's not even her dad or brother or anything cared for Sarah. And to do this for his her mom when he didn't have to just for the well being of Sarah just shows to you how much of a like how a, good a, of a person he yeah, really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's the mission of the crow is to set set things right. And Sarah is is a big part of her life. So after all that, we're we're down inside the the pit, and Gideon is sitting at the bar drinking some Crown Royal and. Uh, Grange comes down and, and pours some Crown Royal for him and says, the man's ready to see you. And, Gideon, and Gideon's uh, famous line is, shit on me. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's, shit on me. It just, it just cracks me up. So in the background, you see Darla running out, and you hear the bartender, night, Darla. And uh, Grange is, knows something's up. So he walks upstairs, and he... He sees Fun Boy laid out with all the needles shaped as a crow in his chest, and Eric Draven in the window goes shh and disappears. So that that you know, so now Fun Boy is done, but now Grange knows that there's something going on. There's a, like a vigilante killer out. So now we're in in um, we're in the the office of Top Money, and you know Fun Boy is dead at this point, so. Top Money is 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 talking to Gideon, and Gideon's trying to tell him, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what's going on. He goes, all I know is his name, you know, and Gideon, you know, is giving him a hard time, so, you know, 
top money throws an eyeball at him and says, this is from the last person that wouldn't cooperate from me. And, and Gideon catches the eyeball, and he doesn't know it's an eyeball, but he's like, oh, God, you know, and that's the eye of the, the, the woman, you know, that, that she, uh, she cut out, you know. Um, so top money walks over to his vault. He's got a, this massive vault full of, like, ninja swords and all <laughs> kinds of different swords, you know. It's like, wow, dude. <laughs> so... <clears throat> he takes the sword and he, he points it at Gideon's throat and he says, all right, now I want, you, I want you to tell me the truth. So Gideon says, all right, listen, is the, he told me you guys were all dead. His name's Draven, Eric, Eric Draven. And he said, death is coming for you. He's like, you want to relax that thing? So Top Dollar pulls the, the sword away from Gideon's throat, but then he turns around and whoosh, right in his throat, stabs him right through the throat. And he says, won't you friggin' die already? And he says, he didn't say friggin', but he said, you know, the bad word. So... <laughs> he grabs the gun from Grange and bow, 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 puts three shots in him, and now you got you got uh, you know Gideon. He's now dead. So the next scene they go to is um, is at uh, Albright's apartment, and Albright's standing there, you know, smoking cigarettes. Which you know, Kylie, I don't know if you noticed, but in this movie, there's a lot of cigarette smoking. In movies today, there's like like nothing. I. I think I know why, because wasn't smoking, like, really popular back then? Well, <laughs> smoking was always popular, but, well, you know, like they, try really. to not, they try to not promote it, so they cut it out of, you know, movies today. But um, So we're inside, we're inside uh, Sergeant Albright's apartment, and he's going over the files, and all of a sudden, like, a, a paranormal scene here. And he's trying to figure out what's going on. Well, Eric ends up in his apartment, so... Why don't we uh, take a listen to what transpires in Albright's apartment? swan dive out of a window. She uh, was beaten and raped, died at the hospital. Hey, you ask, man. I mean, come on, read the file. Shelly Webster held on for 30 hours in intensive care, and the body finally just gave it up. I saw it, man. I, I couldn't do jack for her. I saw her. 
saw her through your eyes. You stayed with her the whole time. Yeah, well... You gotta understand something, all right? I was... I was hoping she'd come out of it, you know? Uh, something I could work with. Do something about it. Come on, you think any of those people in that building, even the ones who signed the petition, would talk after what happened to you? I kept asking questions and finally got busted for sticking my nose where it wasn't wanted. Is this your wife? Yeah, we, uh, well, not anymore. We're getting a divorce. It's funny little things used to mean so much to Shelley. I used to think they were kind of trivial. Believe me, nothing is trivial. You shouldn't smoke these. They'll kill you. Vanishing the thin air again? I thought I'd use your front door. Look, man, uh, I'm sorry as hell for what happened to you and your girlfriend. Yeah. All right, so you just heard the scene of the scene with sergeant albright in the crow inside his apartment now this this is a very powerful scene to me um because poor eric is you can see like the innocence in him you know like this this was this was genuinely you know you could tell he was a good dude he loved shelly quite a bit you know and it was just taken from him within an instant and to see the memory of shelly you know, dying, just trying to hang on and finding out what happened after he had already passed away from being thrown out a window. It it's powerful, man. It just it really it really pulls at the heartstrings. And then, you know, as as he's you know gonna leave, you know, Albright says, "What are you just gonna disappear again?" And he says, "I thought I'd use your front door." You know, you could just see the sadness in his eyes. You know, you could just you could feel it. You know, and and that's what just makes this movie so good. Is you can just you can just feel the emotion that is attached with what. Eric is going through and, and everything he needs to do. So I can tell you for a fact that when Kylie when, was watching this movie with me again for the review, I, I looked over and, and what were you doing, Kylie? What happened? I was crying. Like, I was just really bad because this scene, I feel like, is the most powerful because you see him actually everything's hitting him that he's doing and when he asks him like what are you and he goes i don't know that scene really it just it shows how confused how confused like he is and just how confusing this whole you know thing is for him and when he starts talking about shelly and how little things matter to her that's what really got me because it shows how much he cared for her and nowadays you know in movies, like, I guess romantic movies, they don't really take the time to get as heartfelt as this movie did. And I think it's just so trivial to this movie. And you just, I feel like 
you see the emotion that just is within him and the which is really the motivation for all this. His emotions right, is right. the motivation right. for everything that's happening. And I think that's just what made me cry because you see how much time he thought he had with Shelly and then you see him realize that that time was used when she got killed. And and you know when he said, you know, nothing's trivial, you know, he's saying, you know, take take every moment because you could end up like me. You never know when something bad like this could happen. So live life, man, and just take every moment in as you can. And that, that, that's a good message. You know what I mean? I mean, I got a family, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, moments are, moments are important. So that was, that was one of the most powerful scenes in the movie, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> um, Kylie's sitting here during the clip trying to tell me I, I might cry again, but she's, <laughs> she's holding it together. So, Next, we see Eric on the top of his uh, apartment building, and he's he's sitting down playing his guitar. Um, and I always loved. I'm not a guitar player. I'm a drummer. I I tried playing guitar. I failed miserably. I can play the bass, but uh, Eric is playing. I like melodic music, and the thing about the '90s is there was a lot of melodic rock and roll music. I mean, my favorite band is Alice in Chains, and they were like the kings of like melodic music. And he's playing single chords. Bam! And it's out of all the bands I've been in, I don't think I've ever asked one of my guitarists to like play that. You know, what <laughs> I mean, I probably should have. You know, you <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, so Eric's on the rooftop. He's playing, you know, playing the guitar. And then we end up in Sarah's apartment. Sarah comes home and she's going through her records and she's looking for her records and she's got Hangman's joke and she pulls it out. The crow flies, you know, the crow flies inside Shelly's window. I'm not she Shelly. Sarah's window. And uh, she says, hey, what are you doing here? What are you lost? Are you hungry? Because she's playing Eric Draven's song. And it's it can't rain all the time. And it and it happens to skip right at that part. So it's, you know, it can't rain all the time. It can't rain all the time. Now, Kylie, you know what records are, right? Because now they've made a sudden, like LL Cool J <laughs> say, don't call it a comeback. But they did. Yeah. So you're, well, you're, you're very familiar with records. Um so, you know, Sarah, Sarah, you know, plays the, um, plays the record and she finds out that, oh my God, that is, that is Eric. That's Eric's song. Eric, Eric is alive. Eric is alive, you know? Um, so, you know, now we have the crow flying through the city again, you know, kind of stalking out his, uh, his next target for, uh, for Eric. And walking down the street, we have Skank and we have T-Bird. And, you know, they're talking about Tintin getting killed. And they're trying to figure out where Funboy is. And, you know, uh, Skank is like, well, I probably ain't want a dollar. <laughs> he had that weird, <laughs> crazy kind of voice. Uh, so, you know, T-Bird tells Skank to go inside the store and, uh, you know, smokes and road beers. You know, make it quick. You know, and that, that voice he does. So, um T-Bird gets inside his car, and next thing you know, you see the crow land on the supercharger sticking out of the hood of this massive, like, 78 T-Bird. I mean, you need an awful lot of horsepower to make that thing go fast. <laughs> and uh, we see uh, Eric pop up out of the back seat and put a gun to T-Bird's head, uh, and uh, he tells him to drive. So 
T-Bird starts driving away, and uh, Skank is inside the, the store, and he's like, what the hell kind of bullshit is this? <laughs> you know, he's spitting chips out of his mouth, so he runs outside, hey, T-Bird, hey, T-Bird, and he gets hit by a car. And the guy says, what the hell, man? And Skank gets up and kicks the dude's butt. He just got hit by a car. Well, I'm sitting there saying, how the hell did he get up and beat that guy up after he got hit by a car? Like, straight on got hit by a car. I mean, he broke the windshield, got thrown and everything. I guess drugs make you invincible. Well, I don't know <laughs> so much that it was drugs. You don't remember these cars, but it was a Yugo. It was a Yugo. A Yugo was made in Yugoslavia, and it was like a two-door smart car. <laughs> the size? No, it really was. It was the size of a smart car, and that's that's what that car was, was a Yugo. So... I guess maybe if you're a little hyped up on maybe some beers, you know, a couple of shooters, I don't know, whatever the hell they were on, um, maybe you could take a hit by a Yugo because they, were, they weren't very big. So, um, <laughs> so now we've got, you know, you got Skank, he hops in the Yugo and he starts chasing after, you know, T-Bird and he wants to, you know, find out what the hell's going on, why he took off on him. So they're following around, you know, he's fought trying to keep up with T-Bird, the police... You know, which made me laugh. He's like, oh, you can't even call this stuff cream anymore. And all of a sudden, T-Bird goes by, and you hear the cop go, what the crap? You know, <laughs> and, he, and he takes off, and the other cop's screaming, ah, you know, because he spills his coffee, spills his coffee on him. Yeah, so I was in The Crow, man. I was an actor in The Crow. I was the cop that said they can't even call this stuff cream anymore, and then I screamed because it spilled <laughs> coffee on me. Yeah, that's a great, great memory that I want to tell my friends. But uh, So you got T-Bird, and you got The Crow inside the car, and... Um, I'm going to play another clip. I mean, I apologize for all the clips, but, you know, to really capture the the, the movie, you know, I, I can't act it out. So I think the, the clips are the way to go. So here's, uh, here's uh, T-Bird and the crow inside of T-Bird's car at the dock. What the fuck are you supposed to be, man? I'm your passenger. popular when I flash this like that they ain't friends this is we got us the old red hot rod you got something personal amigo we can work it out right
keep this. This ain't good. some fear into that little lady. She wasn't going along with our tenant relocation program. Her idiot boyfriend shows up and turns a simple sweep and clear into a total cluster. Fuck. Who gives a shit? It's ancient history. Why? What do you want? What is it? What? Speak to me. Speak. Did you send us these complaints? Come here. Abashed, the devil stood. Does it get you sweaty? can't be you. We put you through the window. There ain't no coming back. This is the really real world. There ain't no coming back. We killed your dad. There ain't no coming back. So that was the death of T-Bird. Now, that clip played the entire segment of that movie, and I love it because if I can rip on one thing about that movie, man, it's that cop, that one cop, you know, with the cream, with the coffee, and then, yeah, we're chasing a big old hot rod. I mean, come on, man. You are a terrible actor. No wonder why they gave you that part in the movie. But <laughs> not only did, did Skank get hit by a car, he got T-boned by a police car and still was able to get up. A, a, a big old Crown Victoria T-boned a Yugo and he got out no problem. This guy's invincible. So the thing I like about that scene is, you know, you know Eric's got to do his thing. I mean, T-Bird's got to go. I mean, this guy's no good. But the emotion that T-Bird gives where he's like, I know you, I know you. We killed you, man. This is this is the real world. There's no coming back. There, you can feel like he knows he's gonna die, and he realizes like, oh my! But you don't feel bad for him, but you kind of like feel that emotion, like, dude, you're gonna die. Like you can feel it, you know. And uh, he sends him off the edge, and kaboom! And then yet another popular picture, another popular silhouette. Eric takes the Zippo and blink and throws it on the ground, and the crow lights up. 
Did you did you feel the same way, Kylie? Could you feel that emotion from T Bird, like realizing, like you know, I I did bad, and like now this ghost is killing me. Yeah, I mean, I th- I agree with you on that. You feel something when he dies because he knows he's about to. But I think we feel that because you can kind of hear in his voice he regrets. This is the really real world, yeah, man. There ain't no coming back. It sounds like <laughs> he sort of regrets killing him and doing what he did to them. But at the same time, you're like, you don't regret it. You're just saying that because you want to die. Yeah, but yeah, I, you're right. You just you feel that because you think, oh, he really, he Maybe does he's feel having bad. some regret, like he yeah, wants to turn the. Like, well, guess what? It's too late. I mean, you let guys rape a woman. I and, mean, not and only you kill the boyfriend, like too, you're done, dude. Not only is it too late, like you asked for it. You yeah, know, what's, oh yeah. You know what's going on with. You have to have some suspicion that somebody's out to get you if two members of your gang already died. Yeah. So he obviously knew that, but I agree with you on like the feeling something, but he deserved it. He deserved, he it. deserved <laughs> it. I mean, you know, he, he really, I, I could do worse things if I had to, if I was ever but faced with that situation. It, it did make me feel like, I guess you could say nostalgic in a way when he said, this is a really real, real world. Like we killed you. There's no coming back because it's like, you think that, but here he is. Yeah, yeah, doing because the crow can bring you. back souls to the real world with this extreme sadness. So and that's like the complex part of it. Yeah. Um. So now Grange is at the graveyard and he's at Shelley's grave and he's at Eric's grave and he, you know, you can clearly see that Eric's casket is blown wide open <laughs> and you know. So where'd he go? Yeah. So he knows something is up. Um. And then we're at Sarah waking up in the morning and you hear some eggs you know frying in a pan and you see darla all clean and dressed up and um you know she says good morning you know and sarah walks into the kitchen but there's one thing i gotta point out that i thought was really cool and thanks to high definition and blu-ray we can see in the background now there's a social d poster hanging on the wall (laughs) that's awesome you know and i'm a big social d fan so uh she says you know sarah says to darla she says what happened to you darla you know, what kind of drugs you want to make you mom of the year all of a sudden. And, you know, she's, you know, she's trying to ask her if she wants some over easy, a sunny side up. And, um, you know, Darla's, Darla's trying to do the right thing. And, and Sarah's giving her a hard time because she's been a bad mom. She's been a bad mom to this point. And uh, Darla says, no, no drugs, you know, no drugs. Someone just kind of woke me up, you know, and that's that person is Eric Draven. And uh, she said, you know, I was never good at this mom crap anyway. So she throws goes to throw the eggs out. And Sarah realizes, like, wait a minute. My mom's not on any drugs. She's not high. She's clean. She stands up. She says, over easy. Over easy, mom. So that was a, a really nice scene, you know, because it it pulls the heartstrings more, you know, because now that emotion's really going. Like, Eric, not Eric. Yeah, he's killing people bad, but he's killing people like the Boondock Saints that deserve it, like <laughs> yeah, bad yeah, people, yeah. you know. Um, but at the same time, he's making, he's taking care of Sarah, which was Shelly's wish. You know, he was already dead. He, he, she didn't know, you know, so, so Sarah had nobody but Albright and, uh, to see Eric set it straight and to see that, that moment with, with Darla and, um, Sarah, I mean, that it's pretty powerful, right? You know? Yeah, it, it is. So, um, <clears throat> Albright goes to the station and he's walking down the hallway you know hey good morning you know whatever and there's that jerk of a cop sitting there and he says hey get over here you and he says what's this who's the guy with the painted face 
And he said, I want you to take a look at this. And he said, we got charred remains of a, of a you know, one, another one of your, your friends. And he said, oh, that's T-Bird. Case closed. You know, and the, and, the, and the jerk cop says, you know something. You're holding out for me. You know something. He says, that's fine. The captain wants to know. He said, because he's got a letter for you. And he says, a letter for what? And he goes, the first day of your suspension. He goes, suspended for what? And he just, you know, he basically basically walks away, you know, and whatever. Because Zoom tight Kylie. Another, another, another joy of recording live. So Sarah walks up to Eric's apartment, and she goes in, and, she, you know, Eric is, is burning pictures of, you know, he's getting rid of the memories. You know, he's trying to, to get, not that he wants to, but he's trying to get rid of the past. And he's burning pictures of him and Shelly. He's got the fire going. And Sarah comes up and goes into the apartment. Eric disappears. The fire's out. But Sarah's greeted by Gabriel, you know, and she says, are you dead? He's like, no, you're not dead. <laughs> but she walks over to the fire, and she feels that the fire is still hot. And she says, I knew it was you, you know, your song. It can't rain all the time. And she's like, come on, Eric. And he doesn't say anything. She goes, ah, the hell with you. And uh, Eric, Eric appears in the window. And uh, he says, Sarah, you know, I missed you. And he comes out and Sarah gives him a hug. And, you know, she says, I miss you. And he says he misses her. That's another another powerful moment um, because you can feel that emotion because Sarah really misses Eric and Shelly is all she had. And now she realizes Eric's back from the dead and she's standing there hugging him. Yeah, this scene and all the other ones were ended with him like hiding himself from the people who cared about him when he was alive it made me want to go through the screen and just like grab him and like never let go of him because i don't know i just i didn't want him to like leave and i just it felt right like to just like want to reach through the screen and just grab him. like that love story at the end where they finally make out <laughs> <laughs> no not even that just like <laughs> he tell you know it's it's it pulls at the heartstrings again because he's like you yeah, know I, I don't want him i do care Sarah, I do care. Yeah, because I don't want him to disappear from her again. Right. Because, I don't know, like, I just wanted to gra go through the screen and, like, grab him and, like, make sure he couldn't go away. Even though we all knew that he was gonna, I just didn't want him to leave Sarah again. Yeah, because you feel bad for Sarah. But at the same time, Sarah's got her mom back, so, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, y she still has to get used to that because her, her mom, mom was like a morphine yeah. head, you yeah. know. <laughs> so... Now we have Skank, we have Top Money, um, and we have Grange. And, you know, uh, Skank is trying to tell Top Money what happened. Fire it up, fire it up. And he's hobbling around because he's got, like, at this point, he's got, like, a busted shoulder, a headband, like, whatever else like is going on. Left. And uh, Top Money says to Grange, he's like, man, we should videotape this and play it back in slow motion. We might get more answers. So, uh Spaz, uh, Spaz, Skank says, this ghost's going to kill my ass next. This ghost's going to kill my ass next. And Top Money says, there he is no ghost. And uh, Grange says, well, I've been, I've been to the graves and, you know, it's open. So now you have Albright, Albright and you've got Sarah back at the, uh, the hot dog stand. Albright's now been suspended. He's not on the job anymore. And... There's Gabriel. Sarah took Gabriel. So Gabriel is chilling out on the hot dog stand, probably waiting for a hot dog. <laughs> and um, With no onions. 
Yeah, because they make you <laughs> fart big time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Albright, Albright is talking to Sarah, and Sarah, you know, mentions like, "Do you believe in ghosts?" And Albright says, "Well, I, I didn't until the other day. Uh, we kind of talking about the same person." So now they they both know that uh, that Eric's alive. They both know now that they've they've seen Eric Draven. I mean, he's alive. He's back. And he's the vigilante killer, as that jerk of a cop puts it. Um, so the crow is flying through the city yet again, trying to find its last target, which is Skank. And we end up at the trash bar, the top of the trash bar, and here's Top Money. And Top Money's having a, um, you know, he's having a meeting, and he says, uh, you know, T-Bird won't be joining us. And he says, you know, I had a vision of Devil's Night, where we set this town ablaze. We go crazy. He says, and you know what it got me? Devil's Night greeting cards. So people aren't <laughs> taking their crime serious anymore. So he wants to set this town ablaze. I mean, he wants to do something big. I mean, like like really, 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 really big. And he's giving this speech, and the co- you know, and all the guys are loading their guns. Well, the crow flies in and lands on the table. And... You know, of course, shortly behind the crow is is Eric. Mm-hmm. Eric comes in and he says, I just want him. And he points to Skank. And, you know, of course, Skank is freaking out. <laughs> and uh, <coughs> Top Money says, well, you can't have him. And Eric says, well, you've you've made your decision. Let's see you enforce it. So... All the, all the, you know, the gangsters, they've got all their guns ready, so they start shooting Eric up to hell. I mean, they, sh- they just unload on him. Well, Eric's not dead. They don't know that. He can live because he's got the powers through the crow, which his sister is figuring that out. So Eric starts grabbing the guys one by one, and we go into a wicked fight scene. I mean, like a really, 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 really cool fight scene, and it's not like crazy special effects. I like the fight scene. I mean, yeah, the gunfire is a little crazy, but... You know, Brandon Lee doing his martial arts is, is impressive, you know, because of probably where he learned him from, yeah. from Bruce Lee. And he kills all the he kills all the henchmen. He says, You're all gonna die. He tells all the henchmen, You're all gonna die. Well, the only person left now is Skank. And you know, Eric grabs him and Skank goes. This ain't Skank. I ain't Skank. Skank's over there. Skank's dead. And he goes, Yeah, you're right. <laughs> You're dead. And he throws him out the window. And as he throws him out the window, the police is showing up. Everything's getting crazy because one of the bodies fell through. You know, one of the gangster bodies fell through into the the stage area. People are freaking out. Cops are showing up. They kick in the door. They say to Eric, don't move. And Eric jumps out the window. And now he's running through the rooftops trying to get away from the cops. And he jumps down. And, well, there's Albright sitting there with his car you know he knows what's going on so eric gets in his car and he says uh hey word of advice next time duck there's so many cops out there you thought they were giving away free donuts (laughs) quote from the movie people quote from the movie people (laughs) so albright's kind of driving him away and he stops for a second because he almost hits a cop car and eric eric gets out he's gone he says man how did i know you were gonna do that so now you've got grange you got top money and you've got his sister in the car, and they're talking about how to defeat the crow. And the sister said, you know, the crow is what gives him his power. That's that's how he lives. So Grange says, kill the crow, kill the man. So that's the plan. 
That's the plan is to kill is to kill the crow. So you got Eric walking through the streets and he's leaning against the telephone pole and now they're all dead. The the gang that had anything to do with his death and with Shelly's death are now dead. So his job is done at this point. Mm-hmm. So he says, "Shelly, I'm coming home." God. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it, you know, it's 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 heart-wrenching, yeah. And uh it's Halloween night, so there's there's kids running down the street, you know, they're laughing and joking and Eric's kind of like having a laugh with them, you know, just being human again, showing that that side that this is a normal guy. He was a normal, normal dude, you know? It sucks because if they did get married, this would be their <coughs> one year wedding. One year anniversary. anniversary. Yeah, I never thought of that. Good point, Kylie. So Eric heads to the graveyard and there's Sarah. Sarah's sleeping by by the graves. And uh Sarah wakes up and says to Eric, Yeah, yeah, I know. I shouldn't be here. <laughs> and you know, Eric says it's the safest place to be. And she said, I know, but you never said goodbye. And Eric said, well, you're going to have to forgive me for that. And he says, Here's, I, I think, you know, he said, I got this for Shelly, but I think she would want you to have this. And he pops the ring off his neck and he, he gives it to Shelly. So now he passes the gift on to Sarah and it's it's time for him to go. This is the parting. This is this is them them leaving. How did you feel at, at this scene, Kylie? Did it kind of... This was another one of those scenes where I just wanted to like reach the screen and like grab him and not let him go because you can just really see the emotions that are like running high through like Sarah cuz she's realizing that he never did say goodbye and like that's really hard when somebody who watched you when your mom wouldn't and like took care of you it's hard because you'd expect them to and at least she, say something. Yeah, and she misses him. You know, she's she told Eric that she misses him, and you know, so it's it's tough for Sarah because Eric's gone. He's going away again, and she's got to deal with it. Yeah, it's all like, over again. It's like a second heartbreak, but I think this is worse because she sees him before he, I guess you could say, dies again. Mm. And I never thought of that, but now that you know, I'm saying it now, it, it makes sense because. This potentially could be the worst part for her because she got to see him, and now she got over it, and now she's got to see him again and go through it all over again. Yeah, yeah. He's going, but now she has something that reminds her of Shelly and Eric, which is the wedding ring, and I think that that really is the best thing you could get out of this because you you'll always have something really sentimental with you. So Sarah walks away and. uh, you know, the crow is, is he's dying, man. He's ready to go. I mean, like, this is it. You know, he thinks he's going back to Shelly, and that's the end. And as Sarah's walking away, Top Money grabs her and brings her into the church. That meme. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Grange grabbed her, bring, brought her into the church to Top Money. And Top Money, you know, is, says, hey, what's that there? And, he's, you know, he pulls it off her neck and he says, I'm just going to have to take this from you now. And, of course, his sister, you know, yet again, she got pretty eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so so the crow can sense, you know, the crow knows something's wrong. And you hear Sarah yell Eric from a distance. And it's it's kind of passed through the crow. Um, so another iconic scene is Eric kicks open the door and he walks through and the crow flies in and lands on a pew, and uh, Grange puts one in the in the crow. Puts not Eric, but puts one literally in the crow because yeah. that's the plan: kill the crow, kill the man. 
So the crow got hit, but the crow isn't dead. And Top Money walks out of the back of the, you know, from around the altar. He comes out. He says, let me give you a little impression. Bang, dead. You know, saying that they shot the crow. And, um, you know, Top Money pulls out a gun and he, he shoots the crow. And the crow feels it and he realizes it and he looks down and he sees the blood and he says, ah, oh, fuck. And he falls over, you know. So now he realizes he's mortal again. And Top Money says, for a ghost, you bleed just fine. So now they've got him. They've, they've got him. The crow's w- wounded. Eric's been shot. He's now wounded. What'd you think, Kylie? Did you think they were going to kill the crow and finish off Eric at that point and, and that be the end of it? Or It sounds like a simple plan, but I knew since it's a movie, it's not going to be that simple. Right. And they kind of prolonged it, but like in a really good way. That yeah. made it... it I don't know how to put it. It like <laughs> I knew that it was going to be easier to get the bird because since the bird is what helps Eric, if the bird gets injured, then Eric will, you know, pay for it eventually if he gets shot or like stabbed or anything and like he that. He got shot. He got shot um, point blank. Yeah. And so I was like so mad because I wish they never figured out that this crow. But then all of a sudden, here comes Winston Zeddemore. I mean, I'm <laughs> sorry. Here comes Sergeant Albright in with a flare gun. To light up the church and bang, 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 bang. There goes uh, there goes Grange. Grange is dead now. He's now in a firefight with Top Money. And he's able to get Top Money and his sister off of Eric. And Albright comes in. And the sister is trying to, trying to get the crow. She's trying to get the crow. But the sister actually grabs the crow. She got him. And she's running away. So Albright says to Eric, you know, he says... Um, so what's the plan? I follow you. And Eric goes, well, I guess, but something happened. And he showed him the blood and he says, man, you're bleeding everywhere. He goes, I thought you were invincible. And Eric goes, I was, but I'm not anymore. So he says, oh, man. So Eric, you know, they start slowly making their way up the stairs. The sisters got the crow. And um, top money is... is uh, is shooting at Albright, and Albright's shooting at Top Money. Well, Albright gets hit, and uh, Eric makes the joke, I thought you were supposed to stay behind me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so Eric runs upstairs, and he sees the sister, and Eric and the sister, you know, they have a moment. You know, she said, it's too bad that we didn't know about you earlier. Like, you know, your power, I wish we could have shared it or, you know, figured it out a little more to help each other, and uh, the crow kills her. But not only does he kill her, the crow attacks her eyes, causing her to fall over. Her eyes. And she's always doing what? She's always cutting people's eyes out. Yeah, and man. So, over them. so it's um it's it's pretty, you know, poetic justice that she died um, you know, from uh from the uh the crow, you know, ripping her eyes out. And uh now you got uh you got top money. And you got Eric facing off, you know, kind of like almost, you know, the final battle. So here is uh, here's a clip of of uh, Eric and Top Money having the the final fight, and it's 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 a it's a pretty impressive fight. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
my daddy used to say, every man's got a devil, and you can't rest till you find him. What happened back there with you and your girlfriend? I cleared that building. Hell, nothing in this town happens without my say-so. So I'm sorry if I spoiled your wedding plans there, friend. But if it's any consolation to you, you have put a smile on my face. You got a lot of spirit, son. I am gonna miss you. I have something to give you. I don't want it anymore. Thirty hours of pain! You heard right there the final fight between Eric and Top Money. And uh that was that was quite quite the ending, you know, to that that scene because you feel for Eric, you know, because he took the memory of what Top Money approved to have done and gave it to him and that ultimately saved his life. How'd that how'd that scene make you feel, Kylie? How did that ending, you know, make you feel? I'd say happy, but I don't want to sound weird. But um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're happy that top money gets his. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's, that's what I mean by it. everything else made me feel kind of sad. But <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's good that Eric got rid of the memories, so now you know that that Eric's okay. He's good now. You know, he took out everybody yeah. and he got rid of the bad feelings, and he's okay. He's he's in a better place. Yeah. So now you got all Albright. You got. You know, Sarah and you got Eric. They're all back down in the in the bottom of the church, and Albright's pretty wounded. He's pretty banged up, and uh, Eric thanks Albright for the memories because he says, "You know what you kept in here saved my life, and I thank you for that." Yeah. He gets him a cigarette, and Albright <laughs> takes a cigarette, and he goes, "Oh yuck!" He goes, "I'm quitting as of now," and he tells Sarah, "Take care of him." As you can hear, the cops coming. The cops are. Sirens all in the background. So Eric leaves, and Eric's sitting at the grave. And all of a sudden, you see this woman in a white dress walking, walking towards Eric, and it's it's Shelly. And Shelly's coming to get him. You know, Shelly. You know, Eric's ready to go. He 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 avenged her death. He got rid of his sadness. Eric's ready to be rested now. He's ready to he's ready to to die in peace. But I don't want him to. No, yeah. You know, <laughs> even to this day, I mean, this movie's 25 years old, and I still watch it, and that scene gets me all the time. I'm like, man, yeah, start, you know. I started crying again. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw you. I didn't want to say anything. But I'm glad you admit it. Hey, listen, I, I, I cry at things too, but, you know, it, real men cry, you know, so real women cry. It's okay. So Sarah Sarah comes and, and takes Eric. I'm Sarah. Shelly comes and takes Eric, and now you see the grave is back to normal. Eric's Eric's gone. And <clears throat> now you got uh, all the cops show up and you got Albright being out on a stretcher walking with Sarah. And here's that jerk of a cop again. And he says, what's going on? You got bodies everywhere. And he says, your vigilante's up on the roof. Kind of gave him a eh, F you, you know. Um, so Shelly gives, you know, I kind of jumped ahead, but Eric, Eric's at the graveyard. Shelly comes to get him. Albright's being taken away. Everything's clear. Everything's good. Happy ending. Shelly gives Eric a kiss, 
Then he says Shelly, and then now you, the stone's back to normal. You know, they, they parted ways. Then you got the crow, and he's standing on top of the on top of Eric's grave, and he gives Sarah Sarah the ring back. And we cut to the final scene, and, and Sarah says, if the people we love, uh, yeah, if people we love are taken from us, the best way to let them live on is to never stop loving them. And that's how they leave it. And I mean, that that's just, oh my God. It's just like the perfect ending for it. Yeah, him. and it's it's just a powerful message. I mean, this movie is just a really kick-ass love story. That's all it is. It's a love story. 100% through and through, it's a love story. And, and it's also kind of, I love Edgar Allan Poe, as you know, but um, yep. it's kind of like something that he would write. It's just, it gives off that vibe of, it's like a love poem, but it's not a really cheesy one where it's like, oh, he or she made me feel like I'm on cloud nine. It's one where it's like really sentimental, but it's also really sick and twisted in the way of he's <laughs> killing everybody. But it's like, it's not at the same time because he's giving back what they gave him and he yeah. deserves it. He's just, he's, he's just taking care of the bad guys. Again, like the boondock saints, you know, yeah. he's taking the bad, taking care of the bad guys so he can finally rest in peace with Shelly, like live eternal life with Shelly. Um, I mean, that's just a great message. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Now, the only thing that would really piss me off is dying not once, but, but dying twice. twice. <laughs> I mean, like oh my God. Almost. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, so let's talk a quick minute. You know, take a quick minute. Let's take a quick minute and talk about uh, Brandon Lee. Um, Brandon Lee was tragically killed during that movie uh, off of a weapon that wasn't properly cleaned in the barrel. So they use blanks in Hollywood, but the blanks, there's no you know, bullet tip on it, and it, it causes a loud bang, but there are pieces of metal that are inside of a blank, and what happened was is some of that metal got jammed in the barrel of a gun, and when you keep firing blanks because of the blast, it just pushes the metal out. Um, I always thought that the scene where Eric was, you know, where Brandon Lee was killed was when he was in the meeting with Funboy, and they just unloaded a thousand rounds on him, but I was I was wrong. I was like not even close. Um, Eric, uh, Eric. Yeah, we're not talking about the movie anymore. Brandon Lee was killed uh, during the scene with Funboy, and you can actually see the moment where he was killed. Now he puts his hand up to Funboy and says, "Take a shot. You got me dead." Bang! Shoots him in the hand. Eric's Eric's hand um, actually uh, heals, and then Funboy says, "Don't you ever fucking die?" And he takes. One shot, and he shoots Eric in the shoulder, and Eric goes. And Eric's trying to talk about Jesus Christ, and Funboy shoots him, and Eric goes, "Ow!" <laughs> you know, he shoots him <laughs> in the shoulder. But then, the second shot is uh, into his stomach, and that's actually where Brandon Lee gets killed. the The metal that was, you know, enlarged in the barrel was actually ejected from it, and it had such force that it shot Brandon Lee in the stomach, and it actually hit him in the aorta. And nobody knew that, you know, he was he was injured because he fell. You know, they thought he was acting. He fell and he was really hurt. And, you know, I'm not a medical guy, but, you know, you hit the aorta. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. And uh, Brandon Lee died because of, of that shot. Um, and the crew, the movie wasn't done being filmed. So the fun boy who was played by Michael Massey um, actually got really screwed up from this. Uh, he... He disappeared. He went back to New York, and and he just he he said in an interview that this is something that you'll never be able to get over. You know, he basically killed a human, and 
that's tragic. That's that's really sad because Brandon Lee had a family and he was I think he was only 28 when he died. Yeah. Um, but after six months of taking a break, the family of Brandon Lee finally said, you know what, let's let's finish the movie as a tribute to Brandon. And they actually finished the movie using some special effects and, um, you know, some shots that they had with Eric. They kind of, you know, cut and pasted his character in there. But the part, and this makes it even sadder, the part where Shelly, uh, Shelly, the part where Sarah uh, goes into Eric's apartment and, you know, says, Eric, I knew it was you. You know, you don't really care. And he says, you know, you know, Sarah, I do care. The person that she's hugging is not Brandon Lee. That's actually his stunt double. So here you have a powerful scene of, yeah, you know, Eric meeting up with Shelly again, uh, Sarah again, but Brandon Lee's dead, man. So not only is he dead in the movie, he's dead in real life, and she's got to hug a stunt double. I mean, man, that's uh, <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's 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 really sad, and you know, it it's just awful that that happened, and uh, that was the last movie we got from Brandon Lee. Now I'd like to turn the page and and I'd like to get into the the soundtrack because like Judgment Night, which is amazing. Yeah, like it's uh, Judgment Night still is my number one. I'm not gonna lie. This one's this, my, this number one's one. my number two. Um, because uh, you've just you've just got so many bands. I mean, you've got um, you've got Pilots. The Cure, you've got Stone Temple Pilots, you've got The Violent Femmes, you've got Henry Rollins. You've got Pantera, you've got Rage Against the Machine, um, Helmet. I mean, there's just so many great bands on this soundtrack. And the song that I always continually listen to because it just gets me pumped up is is The Burn by The Cure. You know, the scene where Eric is, uh, you know, doing doing The Crow, where he's turning into The Crow. What, uh, what are some of your favorite songs, Kylie, on that soundtrack? I mean, what do you like? Um, okay. So my number one song is actually Burn by The Cure. My second song is It Can't Rain All the Time by Jane Syberry. Um, my number three is Big Empty um, by Stone Temple Pilots. I just, I'd like to hop in here one second. I, I was telling Kyla the other night that um, when Stone Temple Pilots did a reunion tour, when one of the times where the late, great Scott Weiland got clean, um, me uh, and my cousin Matt, uh, my buddy Dan, we went to... Um, Mohegan Sun to see Stone Temple Pilots on Memorial Day. And they actually opened with Big Empty. I couldn't believe it. Like, it was just, <laughs> it was insane. I, I went, we, me, my cousin, and Dan, we went nuts because the lights were dark and you just hear, and it's like, oh. and then Scott Weiland came out of nowhere and he's like, driving faster in my car. I couldn't believe it. So, not only did I get to see The Crow, but before Scott Weiland passed, I got to see them do Big Empty from one of my favorite soundtracks. Anyway, fun little story. Go ahead, <laughs> Kylie, continue. <laughs> um, my fourth song is Gal Gatha, I think that's how you say it, Tenement uh, Blues, which is Machine of Loving by Machine of Loving Grace. My fifth song is Dead Souls by Nine Inch Nails. My sixth one is Color Me Once by Violet Femmes. No, not Femmes. Violet Femmes. Violet Femmes. Oh, I thought it said Femmes. You know, Blister in the Sun. Let me go on. Oh, well, no, because I made a mistake. I'm here. That was my fault because I was like in a rush doing that. Typo. Yeah. Um, and then 
My seventh one, I don't know if I already said this, was Darkness by Rage Against the Machine. And that was early Rage. I mean, that was before they got super huge. Um, so that's the end of the movie, folks. And that's the end of our little review on the soundtrack. Um, the soundtrack is available on Spotify. Um, and you can you can check it out there. Just like us, we're available on Spotify. <laughs> um, <coughs> so that's it. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I apologize for a couple of fumbles. But, you know, we record it live. This is, this is, it is what it is. And I hope everybody enjoyed the sound clips, you know, from the movie, um, because that to me was the best way to try to capture it. This was a tough movie to do because there's so much emotion in this movie that we wanted to just try to let everybody feel it like we did, um, you know, as we were watching the movie. On a side note, I found out today, and I don't even think I told you this, Kylie. They're coming out with the new Ghostbusters in 2020, but from what I understand, they showed a teaser of of um, the music. the The music was in the background from the original Ghostbusters, but Ecto One was in a barn, and they uncovered it and showed the tail end of it. Oh. <coughs> I haven't done much research on it, but what I heard is that it's coming from the old realm. So I'm assuming it's coming from the original Ghostbusters. I don't know if all the guys are gonna be in it, you know. Yeah. Um, but. Obviously, they're not because uh, Harold Ramis is dead, but I don't know if they're going to bring back who's left of the original cast to perform in that movie, but I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's really cool. I, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I hope everybody enjoys this episode. Again, please you know, give us feedback because we can't make this show better without the feedback. And our next episode, we're going to kind of change gears a little bit. Um, we're going to cover Michael Ross, who is a convicted killer from Brooklyn, Connecticut. And he is the first person to be executed since 1960, and he was the last person to be executed before they got rid of capital punishment in 2012, I believe it was. So not that we condone it. It's a tragic story. You know, people lost their lives. But it's it's part of history, and, you know, we're, we're going to do a little episode on it. Hopefully we're going to be able to bring some interviews from – some uh, locals, you know, local people around town. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. So again, we appreciate it. We're available on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and Spreaker. You can get us on Facebook. You can get us on Instagram at RJ and Kylie's No Limit Podcast. Kylie's got a basketball game tomorrow. I've got a giant cast on my arm from <laughs> stupid surgery. So we're rocking and rolling, baby. <laughs> That's it. Episode two in the can. And uh, I just want to say thank you again. And remember, people, remember, the cookie stand is not a part of the food court. Yeah, baby. Future episode. Have a good night, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. We're going to leave you with Big Empty by the Stone Temple Pilots. Hey
couch tripping and my soul's warm thing.